people. We're, I, you know, this is a, how many of you guys know Alf, Alfred Tennyson? Most of us had to read it when we were in high school. Huh? But you know the, the, the poems and such. Okay. And it took me a long time because I really thought that his middle name was Lord. No, no. Because everybody says Alfred Lord Tennyson. Do they not? I do. I thought his middle name was Lord. No. He was a Lord. He was a baron, so that's why he had that title. I don't know. Beat me up. Okay. So this is a, a poem. It's not too long, but I want to read the whole thing. But it's, it's something he wrote, and it's about, it's called Ulysses. That's the name of the poem. And it's about this guy, and it's just it's fiction. It's just about this guy who, um, be, you know, did these mighty things on the sea and, and battle and all that. And then he basically, I'm going to put air quotes around it, retired, and he didn't like it. And then he's expressing his discontent. And this is the very end of this poem. I, I never liked Tennyson's poems because they were not poems to me because they didn't rhyme and all that, all the stuff that I grew up believing a poem was. Anyways, so you read the poem, and as I read these last words, I was like, wow, this is totally us. I, look, I took it from a totally spiritual aspect. I'm not aware that Tennyson was any kind of a spiritual believer or, you know, rock of the church or anything. And so he wrote, and though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper or of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. And I, that last sent, that sentence really just, wow, that is us. To me, it seems so us. So I went back, looked at it again uh, many, many times. And, you know, I got to the not to yield. We're, we're not going to yield. So we're not going to quit. We're not going to surrender. We're not going to submit to the enemy's things, whatever things it is. We're not going to relent as sons. We're not going to capitulate so that they, yeah, I give up. We're not going to do it. We're not going to give in. And Ulysses, or when Tennyson was writing this, he was looking at it from the perspective of a person that had, he doesn't know, I don't think he knew this, a person who had purpose and life and then got old and became weak. I'm not going to look over at Larry because, you know, got weak. Hello. Okay, or Gail, because Gail's the oldest here, isn't she? We still love you, Gail. I know. The oldest, oldest living member. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, so, and, and he properly states, Ulysses properly states that we got, that there was a weakness from time and fate. Now, I don't think we can say it that way, but we can say that in our weakness, the Lord is strong, Right? We have scripture that backs that up. So when I was reading that, I was thinking, you know, that does happen. We do get, we do get, you know, punched in the gut. We get knocked back a few steps. And it's not fate. It's God's journey. It's God's plan, his purpose and plan. So we, we get to this point after all these years that we've been doing this also, we sometimes lose a little bit. Like we're not as enthusiastic as we were in the beginning. And we have to stir ourselves up. We have to do that. We need to have the same enthusiasm now that we had in the very beginning of, of intercession when we come in here and, and see the things that we see and, and, and acknowledge it, so to speak. Because sometimes we're just like, okay, I'm just going to come in here and pray. And they're just, uh, no, we have to continue to stir ourselves up. And, and Ulysses in this poem, whether he realizes it or not at the very end, is basically saying that. He's saying, you know, my, I'm discontent about what's going on. I know I'm, I've been weak over here, but he says, strong will. I have a strong will. You have a, a, you have a will. You focus that and you keep going. And we can't just let it slide around or just be okay or be wispy about that over there, but firm about this over here. This is, this is part of what happens with old age. It, I'm sorry. It just happens. Some of us are old. Some of us understand. Preaching to the choir. I'm going to just talk to Gail. Y'all just hang out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, um, when we get to, to a certain age, things just start to go. 
And we don't, we don't have to let it. I, I don't know how to say that. Now, I understand our body breaks down, da, 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 da. I'm talking totally from a spiritual aspect. Now, the mind and the body's got to get in line too, otherwise we're just a blob useless. But, you know, in our spirit, man, we have to, we have to continue to stay, stay young. We have to continue to exert our will over everything else. Our spirit man's will, I think is the better way of saying it, over everything else. It, it, the spirit man has to, has to rule. So when I did see strong will, I, I thought of, man, that's my spirit. My spirit is my will. That, that's the place that I have control over. I, like I can exert pressure or I can exert more energy or power in that place. And so the end of the poem goes to strive to seek to find and not to yield. So we're going to look at some scriptures, and I'm not going to go into great depth. I'm going to try not to because we got three pages, but I put definitions on there, so that's why it's kind of long. And we're just going to look at, um, and this is like a, a not encouragement. This is more than an encouragement. You know, I found out from Yowale as well that they're talking about in their conference down in, in Brazil, which I believe we already knew anyways, that they're talking about raising up an army, about them being an army and, and having to battle and having to fight. And, and so, I mean, we just, we declare that over this conference, over the people that he's going to be speaking to today, that they will understand that the battle is the Lord's, but they're in that army that's doing the battle. And, and they, you know, they're going to have to have that strong will. They're going to have to have that spirit man that rises up and presses forward and presses on and doesn't relent. And, and that is probably one of the hardest things now that we've been in this walk for 20 years. Has it been 20 years? Almost 20, 17 years we've been in this walk. And, and the only reason the people that are sitting in the sanctuary are in the sanctuary is because you have let your spirit man rule. You've let your spirit man push down the stuff that's not of God, and you've let the spirit man rise up. And, you know, you can think real quick, just, just saying that, just think of the people that have been here and have gone. And it, it, was, a, it was not, um, I mean, not always pleasant, but it was, they, they didn't have that. They didn't have that. Do you? Nobody's hearing you that's watching live. I was just saying our walk as sons mm -hmm. has been closer to 18 or 19 years because okay. my marker is I was done with nursing school in 2004 and we'd come, I'd come back over. I was already working as a nurse to go to one of the prayer meetings and you guys had already been out to Dallas at that time. So, oh. okay. yep. well, so then that makes it like 18 or 19 18 years. years. Everybody has a, you know what? I don't have a marker when that happened. I don't know. I only have a marker of when I decided, God is real. And yeah, 1992. Woo, took a long time. But there you go. Anyways, um, so we have to continue. I mean, I don't mind that you might be discontent because that should be pushing you further into the Father. You know, being that kind of discontent of, I, I, I need more, there's got to be more, there's something else. All that, that's got to be our, 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 one of our driving forces is to, uh, there's always got to be more. There's always has to be more. So it's, and, and I wrote down, the last thing I wrote down here is journey. Monica likes to say that a lot to me. You know, it's about the journey. And, you know, she's going through, you know, the issue with her foot and things are not healing fast enough for her, but she's, she's trying to keep, I mean, sometimes she's like, Rrr. most of the time she's just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. And so it, it, in so many ways, and she said this too, but the same thing for us, your adversity that's happening to you now, whatever it is, it will help you to see stuff from a different perspective because you're not allowed to do, I'll say not allowed, you're not allowed to do what you normally do. So now, okay, how do I handle this? Wait, which, which way do I go? You know, it's like you're shuffling around to you. Oh, there it is. So you're back in alignment with the heart of the Father. And that's the most important thing. No matter what the adversity is, no matter what the stuff is, you, it's the heart of the Father. 
It's the journey. Okay, so first we're going to talk about the word strive. To strive, that's the first part of that last sentence of, of the poem we read. And there's the word that um, the Lord led me to use, um, erizo, and it, it talks about a wrangling to, en- to engage in strife, which is so interesting. And, and there's a little sentence that this word specifically, and it's only used once in the entire scripture, in the entire New Testament. And it talks about, used to describe the calm temper of Jesus in contrast with the vehemence of the Jewish doctors wrangling together about tenets and practices. Now, wrangling such an old-fashioned word. I mean, to me it is. That's something, you know, they used to say back in the day, wrangling. And so, you know, it's, it's a wrestling. It's a, it's a, you've roped a calf and now you've got to get them into the, where it's supposed to be, that kind of thing. It's, it's something that is a, is a I'm gonna, it's not, not really physical, but it's something that is a contention or something contentious in your life. Can be. I say it that way too. So we look at Jesus and it says that Jesus shall not strive. Now, one of the things here where you're going to see, there's a, it seems like you say, don't strive, but do strive. And, and, but when you really look at the word in the context, you'll understand what God is saying about this whole striving thing. Lots of people say, you're not supposed to strive as a Christian. You just got to go. You have freedom. You can just keep going. Well, no, there are lots of times when you are in the middle of a contending of who you are, what you are, what God is doing, and you have to deal with that. You have to face it. So in Matthew 12, 14 through 21, it says, Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Wow. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. Great multitudes, not like 10. Great multitudes, not like 15. Great multitude. And he healed them all. Anybody. Everybody. That followed him. So interesting how this, how this lays out. And he charged them that they should not make him known. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and that's agapetos, agapetos, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put to theme my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, Till he send forth judgment unto victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. So that was the amazing prophecy. We've read this scripture though before, I, I get it. But not but. So the the people, the Pharisees are the are the, the dudes that are having a hard time with what Jesus is doing, right? They're having a difficult time and they're trying to catch him. And we know that because you see all the scriptures reading up to 12, all the chapters leading up to chapter 12, you know, that they're always, they're constantly, not constantly, but apparently constantly trying to catch Jesus in, in what shall we call a lie, or in, a, in something incorrect, a doctrinal error, something against the law that they were, they hung their coat on, man, that was where that, that was it. The law is what we need. But instead of confronting him, them, Jesus went somewhere else. Now, there's times when Jesus obviously confronted people. There's times when he went in and confronted people before he even knew, well, he knew everything that was going on. Before it was like made it to a big deal, you know, for instance, the money changers in the temple. There's other stories. But in this case, he, he decided not to do that. Now, was it him that decided? No, we know that the father told him, what to do, because he only did what he saw his father do. And so he withdrew, he removed himself from the situation. And when he did that, there must have been some kind of beacon or siren or, 
you know, blue light special at Kmart. God, that's so old. Because the, the, people, the people flocked to him. They followed him. Did they see the humility, the meekness that was there and present? I, something sparked them to, to go and follow him. And when they did, what happened? He made them whole. Go, Vic. Um, that, that word for withdrew himself is talking about making a space in it. Sorry about that. I'm trying to figure out why that happened. That reminded me of Pastor's um, book, Little Space for Grace. Yes. Which you can see if, you know, he's, if he's not going <clears> to, <throat> it's kind of like uh, wiping the dust off your shoes. If you, if you find someone who won't receive, you're not condemning them. You're just getting rid of any residue of, of <laughs> their rejection, and you're taking off and, and making a space for grace somewhere else where where grace will not be found here. Right. And with that concept in mind, you think about the effectiveness of, of what, was, what took place as opposed to what, you know, you, you might have said, well, if he'd, have confront, if he'd have confronted them right then and, and you know, put them down or, or uh, you know, had this, this knockdown drag out at that point, uh, it, uh, it would have been counterproductive. But what he did added to the testimony. I mean, it was, it was all about uh, not what I say, but what I do. It's, it's how I carry myself. It's, it's how I function. And, and so his, his greatest testimony was in the way he functioned. And, um, of course, you know, with, with the directive of the, of the Father in heaven. But that knowing, knowing what the Pharisees were about and not confronting them was a strategy of the Father that, that made it impossible for them to mount up any kind of uh, offense that was, was valid. And, um, you know, it, it's like he, he didn't have to argue. He just, he just did, and it was evident. And, and uh, that's what the people saw. And they saw through the Pharisees because the Pharisees were, were, uh, were all about themselves. And, and the people knew that. And so when they saw Jesus... He was showing them how they were to deal with uh, these kinds of controversies. Just do what the Father says. You know, don't sit there and try to convince somebody, but show them and, and let them choose. It, it just makes me think, too, about he, I don't know if he knew he only had three years for his ministry, mm -hmm. but he knew, I'm pretty sure, that his time was short, just as we do. We know that our time on this earth, really, in the whole scheme of things, is fairly short for the work that needs to be done. And so you don't waste the breath of the spirit within you to, to try to argue or debate or whatever else. It's just not worth it when that, that amount of time of that breath can be invested in someone who will listen at the directive of the Father. So. Yeah. It's a, you know, all this, it's, it's all about timing and doing what God says and when to do it. And, and it's, I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes down. Some of us like to rush things. I mean, I can see it. I can see the end right now. Let's go. Just grab people by the collar. And, and it doesn't really matter what it is, really. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a direct kingdom of God concept and I'm grabbing people and going or there's something going on, like at work or something, and it's, I can see the end. Come on, follow. No, it's still got to be a timing thing, which is easy and hard all at the same time. So um, some of the things real quick. You now the counsel against him that I, in verse 14, that's only used one other time in Matthew further down in 27, and instead of destroying him, which when you look at destroy, you think they want to kill him, but the definition of destroy is more like to put something out of the way to, to make it useless. I'm sorry. I'm in verse 14, and it says, then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. 
Matthew 27th chapter is the other time where it says a counsel against him to kill him. They're very specific there. So here they think they can make him useless. They can render his ministry, you know, obsolete. And that's what, they're, that's what they were gathering together to try to do. Later on, that's when they, they get the next step of it's not working, let's kill him. So, um, you know, the my beloved, that's the other thing where I have in there, agapetos, I can't say it, agapetos or something. <laughs> and, and that was an interesting word that I, I had to go and, and look it up to make sure that I understood it because it's agape, but it's a different, a little bit different, but it's, it's used in the, in, in the New Testament, not super often, but it's used to designate a person who embraces and embodies agape, which when I looked at that, well, that makes sense. That's, that's Jesus, but it's kind of like what Larry was saying. Well, am I going too fast, Vicki? Further down in verse 17. Okay, well, I, then I'm probably going too fast. I will try to slow down. I do love you. Okay, so, you know, as Larry was talking about Jesus, his reputation, this was his reputation. He was, he was a, a person that was devoted to God and his agape and to his purpose. Because agape we know is love, but we know that is the purpose of the Lord, right? So these things are, were declared... Because that place where you're at, behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, that was spoken all the way back in Isaiah as a prophetic word regarding Jesus. But it also regards us. We are this. We are also the agapetos. I can't say it. The agapetos. Anyway, we're toast. We're agapetost. There we go. I love it. We're agape toast. <laughs> so um, I think that I just wanted to say that. So the next scripture, Strive, has that other definition that's next, which I should have put it on the other page. I'm very sorry. The agonizomai. It's on the bottom of your first page. I shouldn't say bottom. But that's what this next scripture is about in, in um, Luke 13. So, I'll go over here. Luke 13, 22 through 25. This is me double-checking everything. Yes. So, this, this word that, that the word, this word strive is totally us as well. As you can see by the definition of strive that's being used in Luke 13, to enter a contest, to contend in the gym, gymnastic games. So really, you're talking about a game that's not a game. It's a, it's a, real, it's a, real, it's a real fight. It's a real uh, event that's happening. Those are all the definitions that are there. Bottom line, though, is that we have to be willing to move with God. That's really what that definition's saying. I'm going to do whatever God says. I know it sounds like I'm in a... I'm in the middle of a great difficulty. Da, 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 da. I'm doing whatever God says. Here I go. So in Luke 13, 22 through 25, he's telling us to enter into the gates. Now, Pastor Ron wrote a whole book about gates, at the gates. There's so much in here to look at. I tried to highlight some things, not highlight, but put stuff in parentheses. And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. So even Jesus was on a journey. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that, that be saved? And he said unto them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. So straight is the word stenos, which we've seen before from a steme. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Look at that. I, I would have said that was dunamis, and it's not. It's iskuos or iskuo. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut, has shut to the door, and you begin to stand, his stemming without, and to knock at the door, legoing, I forgot to write that down, legoing, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know, that's our word, Ido, I know you not whence you are. 
Then shall you begin to say, Lego, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught, taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are, whence you are. Depart, epistemi, from me, all you workers of iniquity. This is very something, I just saw this, I'm probably you all saw it too before I did. Talks about, <laughs> give me a second. You don't have to, but I'm asking you to. It's somewhere else. Okay, so you look at this, and, and Jesus is giving us a directive, right? He's telling us to strive to enter in at the straight gate. Now, did he directly answer the guy, are there few that be saved? Did he directly say, yep, no, maybe, sometimes, no, but he directed them to, here's your answer that you're really looking for. I want you to understand this. And here, when, when you read this, the people that Jesus is talking about are people that were with him. People that understand what a Lego is. Not the fun stuff we play with, but they know what a Lego is. I mean, they're saying it, he's responding. They, 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 they got the verbiage. You know, they got the, the clicky words, the you know, buzzwords of the day. Well, that's like back in your prior passage, the ones he healed. I, I'd never actually seen that before either, that he healed them all. You can't just take that out of context and say, well, heal them all here, so he could, we can heal, expect him to heal them all here. Those people very deliberately says they were disciples and that they were following in, you know, they, how to say, I, I looked it up, they were, um, oh, shoot, I didn't write it down. Oh, no. Great when he was talking about neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets, that's talking about the people will not hear and obey that are coming in that broad way. They're looking for the broad way. They don't want to get narrowed down. They don't want to, you know, be pared mm -hmm. down and refined down into that narrow place. And he mentioned streets again in this scripture. So this is, yeah, it's the same type thing yeah. that we're talking about. So lots of people here, lots of people here about God. Right, but now... With pedals to the metal, here we are. What are you going to do now? And, you know, you look back in those days. How, many, how long ago was that? Did they think the world was ending? Did they think the, the world was just totally stinky? I mean, is that what they thought? They had to have. Just like we do sometimes today. Our world is totally stinky. But you know what? <laughs> We're going to be the ones that follow him. Go ahead. Well, and he's telling him, you're going to have to battle. You're going to have to to wrangle in, in, uh, in a battle mm -hmm. on and on over and over again to be able to stay in that, to stand in that place of the histemi. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you're contending for a place of, of power in the spirit realm. And that's what a lot of people just want to forget. Kind of knocks out that whole philosophy of it's just a free gift. You don't have to do anything except accept it and then just wait to be taken out of here. Right. It's... It's not, it's not that. I mean, it is a free gift in the beginning because, you know, you don't, you don't do anything to get it, to deserve it. You know, it's not like, here's $100, give me my salvation. I mean, people did try that in the Bible. But anyways, it's not, probably people still do anyways. It's, it's not that. It's, a striving is not something most of us want to do. But, you know, we have to take the gates. We have to take the gates. And it's not just like a gateway to our community. That's one, that's one piece of the puzzle, gateway to our state, gateway to our country. This is talking about taking the straight gate, taking the gates of hell, standing there in the gap. In, I mean, we'll just lay it all out. Remember, we're, we're sons. We understand what that is. You know, um, we, we need to continue. I'm going to say it this way, too. We need to continue to see as God sees, and then take the gates and do it in the timing of the Lord. Uh, what was the other thing I wanted to say? I'll go to the next page, see if I can find it. No, I think that was it. <laughs> what else? I was going to, okay. but I am not now. I'm going okay. to sit here. Well, I, just wanted, I also wanted to say that verse 27 makes it very clear that if you want to partner in this way with the Father, then overcoming iniquity is not an optional thing. Because it's the iniquity. These people all love. He, the people he's talking about are people that have 
been in the presence of God and they've they've loved God and you know they're desirous of in some fashion of moving with him but you have to overcome iniquity and obviously these people allowed iniquity to overcome them in various incidents mm-hmm. which kept them from being able to fully partner in the way that and be used in the way that they needed to be used for the kingdom absolutely absolutely positively i'm telling you that that iniquity thing just bops up and then down all the time doesn't it which also shoots in the foot that whole thing i've heard for years well this is just how I am. You're just going to have to. It's, God accepts me for this way, so you're just going to have to. Everyone's going to have to accept me. This is the way I am. It's like, okay, we can accept you, but if you want to function with the Father, <laughs> as a true disciple, get this out of here. Yeah. I was noticing how this couples up with uh, Jesus's instructions in the first scripture that we used is talking about, don't go and tell the people what's going on. You don't. <laughs> right. He said. Uh, don't make me known. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, the, the don't fall in the trap of trying to pander or trying to witness to iniquity. You know, mm. th- this is not how you, you, we deal or how the Lord is dealing with iniquity. Um, we, you don't try to um, argue it down. It, it, is, it is something that that has to come from, from the person inside who says, I see what's here and, and I want that. You know, rather than saying, I see what's there and I think that I can add that to my you know, repertoire. I can use it for me. I can, I can make it something that, that will enhance who I am. Yeah, make it fit into my life. Yeah, because he was talking about the people have been healed and it's like the timing is not to go out and say stuff because we, we know we ran into that here with when we, the Lord first was bringing in the angelic and we were partnering with that and like, I don't know about you, but I mean, I was, I was sensing their presence on a daily basis almost mm. when we would come into the prayer room and we'd go home and we'd get these phone calls from, I remember this one lady, I don't know who she was, but this one lady in particular, have you had any more angels appear? I don't even know where she found out about this, but she would call Larry and ask him about that and I'm just like, this woman is not interested in investing anything. Mm-hmm. She just wants to see the spectacular. I remember another individual just before we went into Sonship that was a part of our congregation. And she was going to leave and go out west and go to this Bible college thing and learn how to heal people. And I thought at the time, that is not how it works. I didn't even know the deeper things. But I knew enough to know that is not how it works. <laughs> go to school, learn to heal. Adrian went to school, learned to heal. Way to go, Adrian. Your turn. Carmen. I think that's also important when we're praying for other people, especially when people ask us to pray for people we don't even know. Like I got set in a, a, a video of this guy who's internationally known as a healer and all this stuff, and he's being held in prison somewhere, and they're saying he has to be free. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, you're... The world is seeking those answers like that to be that quick resolve of what they think should be done. But that's not our place to just, I mean, yes, I can pray, but it doesn't mean anything when, when it's not coming from a purpose that God's given you, you know, and stationed in you to work from your terio, because that's how we're supposed to move. And that's what all this is talking about, as far as I can see, because God doesn't want us to be controlled he want, and, and use like a weapon. He wants us, I mean, he does, but not like no, that. I understand. He wants us to be used as a free will partner who's moving forward with his kingdom purpose. Yeah. So, we, you know, one of the things that I've been saying a lot, the Lord's been reminding me too, we, we have to stay fluid. We have to be like, like dust in the wind. We go where God blows us. We go where God pours us out. And, and it, we can't get bogged down with other stuff. I say that as though it's so simple, but it's going to get better. I'm just going to say because you're going to realize things and be able to move on. Okay, so first we did to strive. Now we're going to do to seek. And that's the word zateo. And you can see the definitions there, to seek in order to find, obviously. Specifically in Hebraism, to worship or to plot against. So it can be either one, which is so very interesting. Um, To seek... Required demand to crave, and then I wrote to seek out a person for a specific reason. 
That's why you seek. You seek out something for a specific reason. Something causes you to go after that, whatever it is. What, whatever it is. I mean, it can be a person, but it can be anything. So we look at this. We've got Herod is going to seek. So this is like interesting kind of a concept. But then you put the definition in, and it makes a little more sense. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee the word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Here's that word destroy again. So Herod, which we all know, I mean, Herod's just one guy in the line of Herod's. I think that was the family name, whatever, right? So there were several of them throughout Scripture, or more, one or two or more. But then you look at history, and you can see the whole family heritage. Did you want to say something? Yes, she does. Go right ahead. That just confirms what I just said, because, uh, <laughs> you know, we can't be running around misusing the issue of God, you know? Yes. That's what they're trying to do. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Case in point. So, um, so Herod was, was, he's that other part of the definition of the word, because he's trying to go find the kid to, for a wrong reason. He wants to find him not to worship him, but to, you know, there's a, a big plot against him. Wants to, he wants to stop the flow of what God is doing, right? I know that's not really a surprise. Um, but again, that word destroy, though, is apolumi, which that's the other destroy word. And it's the same thing. It means to put something out of the way. You know, his intention in using this word in Scripture didn't seem like he wanted to kill him, but he wanted to destroy what the concept of him becoming, quote, king, as Herod didn't like it, but him becoming the Messiah, the enemy was using Herod to try to stop that, to make it obsolete, to make it be a useless concept, to totally take away the ministry that the Lord had put Jesus down here to bring forth. And so there's a different kind of seeking. Do you think the enemy seeks that with us? Well, we can just use Yoali as an example, but you guys can see different places where something came after you. I'm going to say something, someone, a motivation, a, a new job, a uh, uh, I'm put anything in there that, that distracted you, and the enemy was seeking you to take you away, to make obsolete the ministry that God has ordained and planted within your heart, to take you away from the hysteme and all that he tethemed so that you will become useless. That's what the enemy seeks. We don't want that kind of seeking in us. <laughs> Get away! <laughs> but... Um, one of the things that I think I wrote on your sheet, seeking has very little to do with our needs and concerns. In the pure sense of the word seeking. Because in the beginning, at least I can say, maybe, maybe you guys can, I don't know. In the beginning, when I first came looking for God, I was seeking for a need to be fulfilled and concerns that were in my life. As, as one of my friends always used to say, it's like, it's not, God's not like a Coke machine. You'll put a quarter in, you get out what you want, and then you're good. When you really start seeking him, it's so much more. It's so, it's so much deeper. It's so much touching of the heart, you know, really meeting the needs you didn't even know were there. You think it's this. God's saying, look, you, you, need, to, you, need, you need purpose in your life. I have it. Here's the agape. I think this speaks to the filling of our cup. Yeah. And uh, not only are we full, but we have abundance that is virtually overflowing. It, it allows us to to um, uh, to be that that point of uh, you know flowing out to 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 bring what God has to the terio and to influence the atmospheres around us. 
You know, and the more that, you know, we're talking about this, I don't know if you guys can feel in the spirit realm, the more that's expanding that understanding that we may be a little church in Christian Church, Port St. John, and we may be 10, 15, 20 people, but individually, you are mighty in the spirit. You are mighty being used by God to move heaven and earth, just like Ulysses still wanted to do, but he was talking about it from a physical strength. I'm talking about from a spiritual strength. You're like a peg in a board that if it's not there, the next step up is not going to happen. That's, that's, that's us, and it's just... Go ahead. Okay. Just yeah, roll on. Really. Um, I just got this phrase when I was listening to you, and it said... Follow the money. And I'm like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, and even when we meet someone and God puts them in our life to interact with them, we're not looking at them like we just talked about, like the world looks at them. We're looking at them like this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We're looking at them that way. That's right. That person, you know, so that they are, we're going to find that place that opens up to the ways of God and we're going to tap it. Absolutely which segues me into the next scripture, Matthew 6.33, which I think like totally, totally prophetic that it's on our wall, totally. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And how many times have we talked about it? A bunch. You know, do you yearn for the things of God? Not always. Sometimes I yearn for chocolate. I know that sounds silly, but really we need to, everything needs to be focused in that place. We should be in a place where we are exclusively in the heavenly realms, looking at what's going on and walking in our righteous purpose for what he's, for what he's doing. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, the guys in Brazil they're obviously in the heavenly realms, working with the Father, walking in their righteous purpose to release the good word of the Lord to the to people. Great. We're here, and, you know, we're going to leave, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And you might think, well, that's, that's nothing. No, get in the heavenly realms, no matter what's going on, so that you're always in his purpose. And I wrote down here, it's like using a compass to get you pointed in the right direction. And that we always have to be there. It's not a, you know, a time off. I used to, I'm telling you, I used to note how long I would go without talk, thinking about God. And, I, and now I don't do that because I'm always with him and he's always with me and I'm understanding that more and more every day. But Everything I do is up to him. Everything I do. You know, okay, maybe going to the bathroom might not be, but you understand what I mean. Everything is up to him. How I deal with people, interaction, what's the right way, where to go, all that stuff. It's all him. Gravity affects clay. I'm having to say it again because you're not using a microphone. Okay, so exact gravity affects clay. So when you're molding it, Yes. Always there. I understand. Okay. To seek. Next. Not, are we on not to yield already? To find. I turned the page. It's a little too soon. So sorry. To find. There's the word for find. Heurisco. To come upon, hit upon, to meet with. Obviously, to find. I like the last one there that I wrote down, to find out by practice and experience. And that's just part of our life. That's just part of it. Now, it's not exactly an experiment, but I guess in some ways it can be. I don't know if you all did stuff like that when you're walking and, and understanding, you know, let's declare this, let's declare this. Will that really work? I wonder. Let me try. I don't know if you all did stuff like that. I, I did because I was trying to understand what God was trying to say. But, you know, how many times have we read this scripture in Matthew where it, it says, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, that's just like, you know, to me, oh, well, I've read this, it's so cool, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 
But now look at it from a different perspective. <laughs> Here we are understanding what it means to seek, understanding what it means to yearn for the things of God, and to understand that by that simple thought process, we are going to find out what mysteries of God, directions from the Lord. We're going we're gonna, to, um, you know, observe what the Father is doing because we're, we're doing more than just saying the words. It's a, real, it's a real yearning within our heart. It's a real, you know, seeking of God to, to the point of, a, of, of worship. Praise you, Lord, for all that you're, you're doing. And it just expands from there. I can't wait till we have worship today. Um, so, you know, that word ask, we've talked about that word ask, and I'm, I'm going to ask somebody who has a better brain than I do, Aeteo, to talk about that word. I'm looking. Aeteo is, is the New Testament equivalent to the Old Testament Sha'al. Okay. So you ask in the authority because of relationship with. So therefore, what you're asking for is in alignment with the heart of God. See, and that, that even makes the rest of the scripture make even more sense to understand what, what's going on. And so, you know, it, it says you ask, and then it says, if you do, this is what happens. It's a statement of fact. It's not an opinion. It's not, well, the experiment worked. We can check that off. No, it's a statement of fact. Wow. There's no way to know that, though, unless you do that, unless you seek and find. Interesting. See, even while I'm doing this, I'm learning more stuff. All right. How do we do? Now are we on to not to yield? Okay. My notes are a little... I should be flinging them like I always do. That way they don't, they don't stay up here and get me confused, which is not that hard to do sometimes. Here we go. Not to yield. So now we're on to the yielding part. But... Not but. So let's look at Romans 6, 13 through 14. Yield your members. I always found this very funny, that saying, and I, I have more stuff to say about that. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Amen to that. And your members as instruments of, of righteousness unto God. Did I say that right? Yes, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Great grace. I've been declaring that over the people and the leadership that are there in Brazil. Great grace to the hearts of the pastors that are present in hearing the word of the Lord. Great grace to the, to the congregation members that are, that are there listening to the word the truth of the Lord, great grace, and, and even, and not even, but also great grace to Pastor Ron, to Scott, and to Yoali, that, that they will have not only great favor that people like to say that's what grace is, but they see that, that place that God is lifting them up to, that they understand that, you know, I'm not there yet. We are not there yet. We are not. We are continually in the process of becoming a servant of the Most High God. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a boop, we're there. Hey, you guys, get up here. I found, I found the end of the rainbow. The big, no, we're, we're not. We're going to always, yeah, it's going to be a continuous thing. I mean, yeah. The purpose of God is not, it's infinite. It's infinite. The, the, the goal is God. The purpose of God is an infinite walk. It's an infinite journey. So, we just continue to let our lives be submissive to what the Father is doing. Let our lives be submissive to the Father, and we will be okay. That sounds really good, doesn't it? So we know, and we, again, stuff we know. Okay, go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I was just thinking back to your compass analogy. And oh. basically, um, we, we are turning people to the direction that, they need to walk. That's that's their beginning. Yep. Everybody has a, a different beginning because of where they have come to, and so we're we're showing them the compass that says this is this is your next step. This is this is the next step of your journey that you're already on, 
because God is always preparing people to move forward. And, and so when, when we go to minister, we're, we're really going to say, okay, this is your next step. You know, take what you have and understand that from there you go forward this direction. This is where God is, is um, going to be meeting with you, and this is the path. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And, you know, for me becoming a believer, I still can't, I haven't been able to find that designated point that made me think that there's more to life than what I had. I mean, I know when I was very young at 13, I, I clearly remember having that conversation with my mom. And my mom just looking at me like, oh, honey, gave me a hug. She didn't know what to say. because I was like, Mom, there has to be more to life than this. This can't be it. What made me do that? What made me think that way? I have no idea. My sister never thought that. My brother never thought that that I'm aware of. Why did I think that way? And don't say that I'm weird because we already know that, Larry. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. There's a submission. Our entire, entire life, our entire life is submitted to what the Father's doing. Every aspect of it continues to be submitted. It, it has to be. It has to be. So one of the things I found very funny about this, so I watch a lot of different stuff sometimes on YouTube. Not lately, because I've been just way too darn busy. But I don't, you know, people that belong to a group, a music group in Korea, if they're more than one, then the other people are their bandmates. That's what we would call them, right? Is my bandmate. They call the other people in their band members. My members. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, I, have not, I don't understand what that means. I had to do a little research. That's what they call the other people in the band. When you look at the definition in Scripture, that makes perfect sense. When you look at the word members, it's a limb or a part of the body, right? We know that. This is a member of my body. But you look at us as like just in this place. We have people here that are arms, people that are feet. I mean, you know the whole concept about the bodies. It's the same, it's the same thing. God's directly addressing us and saying, do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Do not allow who you are in the body, but also the parts of you that you already understand. You're a, you're a pastor, you're prophetic, you're all those other things that God, the giftings that God has given you, do not allow them to become tools of unrighteousness. Don't, don't let it happen. Because what will happen is it will take you to missing the mark. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a very specific um, pointing of the finger, I'm going to say it that way, that, that Peter is speaking to the church that's out there in the realm of the Romans, in, the, in the being manipulated by that atmosphere. She's going to talk again. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, but... We're supposed to yield, obviously, ourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, which absolutely is just a perfect saying that we are alive from the dead. Go ahead. This is a word for unrighteousness. Still, if you follow it back, is it's because um, sometimes you use English words and they don't mean what, you right. know, what we've studied out. But it, it really is a vision that opposes God's vision. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about all of these scriptures that, that you brought out here. I mean, we can look at all of them and we can see how they have been misused down through the generations. You know, the asking for whatever you want. I'm, I still hear it. I still hear it referenced today, you know, in church after church after church. You just ask God what you want and he's going to give it to you. God's going to give you whatever, you know, you ask for. You know, you could go through every one of these things in... in show how that's being twisted. But here's the thing. If we are citizens of heaven, which the church will acknowledge, but they acknowledge it, I think, more as a title than as a lifestyle. Because if you see it as a lifestyle, then you realize, then we're under the government of heaven. We're under the authority of heaven. We're under the positioning and the actions of heaven. And so that should influence and affect how we respond and how we act. And that's got to change our lives. And if it doesn't, then we're not acting, we're not filtering everything through that positioning. Yeah, we're not hearing them on the street. Right. <laughs> Carmen, do you want to talk now? Okay. That's okay. 
It's sort of like what you were saying about Alive from the Dead and how you were feeling weird and that you were strange, but you're really not. Because right. We all could associate that <laughs> as being just who we are, which is the freedom we enjoy. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I really love what she said about the title versus the lifestyle, because if everyone was the same, if we had everyone in a box like the world wants to put everyone, yep. we'd be totally dysfunctional. We'd be totally useless which is what's happening mm -hmm. there's because to me that's almost proof that there's a god because their un, uh, their inability to do anything productive which i think that's what the saints are being prepared for we're going to be producing in ways it's not going to be what we think anymore it, yeah it might involve healing and all that miraculous stuff but it's not going to come the way we thought it would because of it's not going to be defined in the way we used to define things yeah. So it's going to slip right underneath them and pull the rug out mm -hmm. in the way that it happens. And we're going to be ready to receive that and be able to declare it and define it for them. And yep. that will seem like out of the box. And it will offend some and not others, and it might hit them now or hit them later. But that, like you said, title versus lifestyle, I think that's really key. That's awesome. Yep. And that's why I am so grateful for these times that the Lord has set aside over and over and over again, the fast of feasting, the times of Selah, these are all times when he's changing us. He's teaching us new things and revealing us new things about ourselves that we may or may not have some of the knowledge of some of the components, but he's making it clearer so that it makes it easier to, to align with him in everything. And, and that's getting all of us. I mean, it's an ongoing journey. It's always a process. It is. And it's what's bringing us closer and closer to um, iron sharpening iron and and I'm trying to think of the other great that's not right glory oh glory to glory <laughs> type thing you know I mean because he's 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 enabling us to see ourselves as citizens of heaven because when I said that before I'm not saying that we've reached it mm -hmm. but we're aware that we've got to maintain it and keep going forward in it that's right. the difference if you don't even know that you have to do that then you become one of these people that he doesn't even know, although you thought he knew you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You I did do. all these things in his, in his yes. name. And he still says, but I have no idea. I never knew you, you know? Never had that. Because we did not allow ourselves to be, continue to be refined. That can be any one of us at any point. Yep. If, if we just decide that we've reached the point of, hey, don't need to go any further. Because it's never that way in your brain. You don't ever think that way. Mm -hmm. You just you just start to feel comfortable with where you are and you don't allow yourself to go forward anymore. Right. Yeah, that would be our will. Our strong will can be strong. Oh, one more. Well, it goes back to, um, you know, that definition of what know is, to know us. That's gnosko, to, to have interaction with us, to understand um, our, our development, to understand how we have arrived where we are and to, to interact in a relationship that um, uh, relishes or that, that accepts the, the, uh, um, the fellowship, accepts the, the relationship and, and is, is valued. There's a value that he places on us as we value him. It's, you know, he says, if you seek me, you'll find me. And you find him because he wants to be with us. And so there, there's that, that interaction that um, is, is what this knowing is about. And, and to, to stay just beyond that influence in, in a, a, um, a, a sterilized relationship. You know, we don't really let him uh, touch us. We, we just take that part that, that looks acceptable and, and function in that. And, and so that's, that's that um, knowing process. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's people in this, there's people right now sitting in a church who know that there's a God, but don't understand the rest of the story. And, and, and I think there's people that are sitting in a church right now that, that want to know the rest of the story. And so, Lord, I ask that your spirit will move in their hearts right now, in Jesus' name. 
And the last thing I want to say is, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I can't tell you how many times I've read that and heard people say that to me. I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. And, the, you know, the one place is stagnant and one place is growing. One place provides nowhere for promotion, but the, the other one absolutely does. Law provides nothing more. All, you know, when you talk about the law, it's what's established. That's the definition of law. Anything that's established is law. But grace is not that, obviously. <laughs> grace is that, that promotion thing, the thing that, that lifts us up. And we are continually being promoted so that we can move powerfully in the business of the Father, which is obviously what we're all about. So there's a one, one single line in the Ulysses thing, if you go back to the front page. It's at the end of line two. That which we are, we are. Do you see that? So that which you are, son of God, that's who you are. You are that. And you have to hold on to that with everything you have. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father.